special time. This is a time where God can touch your heart. He can bring a brand new beginnings. He can start afresh that work that he wants to bring to pass in your life. Uh, I have God's word this morning, and I believe it's a word in season for you this morning and for me. We have been doing this uh, beautiful series called Jesus, Our Healer. Jesus is not just my healer, but Jesus is our healer. That's all of us. That includes you. That includes your neighbors. That includes your workmates. That includes the person in the car next to you on the road as you travel to and from work. That's right. Jesus wants to touch everyone. And this morning, I believe that God will touch you. I have brought uh, my Bible this morning because my printer died last night and I escorted it from my property. We had a disagreement. So just to show I do have a Bible, here it is. It's keeping the balance. And we're going to use that because God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He moved stones back then. He's going to move stones today. The Gospel of John, chapter 9, is such a, a beautiful chapter. And I'm, you'll hear me say the word beautiful a lot because this story has really touched my heart. John chapter 9, we're going to start in verse 1, but we're going to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm asking, Lord, today that from your word, that you would speak into our lives, that you would speak into our hearts, and Lord, that we would see this beautiful story and how beautiful it is when you intervene when you get involved in people's lives, that there is a radical change and there is hope. Bless everyone today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to try to walk and read. This is a, a, such a powerful story, and it starts with a, a, sub, a subheading of a man born blind receives sight. Now, let, let's just start right off the bat that uh, this is not a story that you would hear about every day. Uh, the Channel 7 wouldn't be running this. They wouldn't be saying, hey, guess what? A man born blind just received his sight. They wouldn't be standing outside the hospital um, trying to uh, find a car park from all the ambulances that have been ramped. Uh, they wouldn't be doing that. They'd uh, be focusing on something else. But you know what? God focuses on this. This man to us, his name's not mentioned, but he's, he's special to God, which means that, you know what? Uh, God knows you. You are special to him. Let's read in verse 1. It says, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva 
and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Therefore the neighbors and those who had previously seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. He said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes opened? He answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to wash. Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and I received sight. Then they said to him, where is he? And he said, I do not know. You know, this morning, Jesus gets involved and brings a radical change. He brings vision. He brings sight. I won't step on that. And so firstly, this morning, I want to ask the question, what did Jesus do? He saw. Jesus sees. He sees us. He sees you. He sees me. He sees everything that goes on in our lives. Nothing escapes his sight. He was passing through, but he saw the blind man. You know, Jesus wasn't just passing through casually and, oh, oh, there's a blind man. No, he actually purposely sought him out. He knew that this man had an appointment. This is an appointed time. This is a defining moment. This is a time that almost all of heaven stops and holds its breath because here it comes. This is very important. It's so important that we are reading about it 2,000 years later. This is a radical change. God is not just casual. God is not just, eh, it's all right. Some work, some don't. No, God is on purpose. God is on time. God is deliberate. God is loving towards you. Every time has a purpose. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. And this was the time. This was the time. He was blind, but Jesus comes past. He didn't take a wrong turn. God doesn't get lost. He made a deliberate decision to go to where this man was. He met with him. This was a divine appointment. It was not just a casual stop by Jesus. Like we said, it's a defining moment. 2,000 years later, it's still such a powerful encounter because we can't just read it and go, wow, he was blind from birth and now he's not. He had time for the blind man. Yeah, he was not too busy to notice and he has time for you this morning. He has time for you because he is our healer. Jesus does not just put you in the waiting room, take a number and send out one of the angels triage. <laughs> Next. No, no, Jesus doesn't do that. You have come to the head of the queue. 
He has all the time in the world for you. He sees us. He always sees us. He sees you this morning. He knows the struggles and issues that you have, that you're going through. He knows where you're at. He knows the times where you have the sleepless nights. He knows the times where you wake up in the middle of the night worrying about what you're going to do in the next day, worrying about how you're going to um, come to that mountain issue that you're dealing with. He knows. He knows what you're going through, and he is right there for you. He is waiting to help you through. He is closer than you think. Do you see him? Do you hear him? Have you asked him to help in your situation? Bible says, well, the Bible says many things, and this is me saying it, but he had compassion. Jesus had compassion on him. He was not prepared to leave this poor fellow in the dark. You know, he didn't just walk past, oh, poor guy, he's blind from birth. All the best, mate. Next city. He didn't. He didn't do that. Jesus stops. He had compassion on him. The light of the world had arrived and he was going to extinguish the darkness that was in this poor fellow's life. In verse 2, the disciples are asking Jesus just who was responsible for this man's blindness. Like good disciples, they're hanging around. They're, well, I'm closer to Jesus than you, 11 boys. And, uh, and, you know, they've been going to Bible college now for a couple of years and um, studying some things. And uh, oh, here's a good one. Uh, Lord, who's, who is responsible for this uh, poor fellow's condition? Was it his sin or was it his parents' sin? You know, like they know some things. Now, that's great. You, know, you read the textbook. That's good. Very good. We've got an exam coming up. That's not the answer or the question. Okay. So, but it's not. They were asking whose sin had brought about this condition. But the Lord Jesus goes on to say that it is neither this man nor his parents that has brought about the blindness into his life. But, hallelujah, here comes the Holy Spirit. He's coming. But, the, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. What a day to be a blind man and then one day uh, that was in the crowd as Jesus passed by. What a day. This poor man had lived his entire life without sight, without vision, without light, without perception. You know, he can hear things. You've heard it said where people are missing a sense and the other senses compensate. Well, he may have heard that, but he didn't really know what that meant because he'd never seen. He'd never seen He'd heard, he'd smelt, he'd tasted, and he'd felt, but he'd never seen. So he's probably been led around places. He knows, oh, that's my footsteps, I can walk. I've walked this path before, I believe, you know, and then, oh, maybe there was a kid there, I don't know. You know, different steps, he's walking. So he kind of knows his way around, much like when we are at home and the power goes out. We know from where we've been before when the light was there, but now it's dark, we go by our memories. So we, I'm sure this is the way, but that doesn't work when you're in a new environment. That doesn't work when you're in a new house and the power goes out and you walk into a wall or you trip over something and you headbutt the door frame. Not that that's happened to me, but I've heard that that has happened to people. <laughs> but this can happen. And we have a sense of what it might be like to be blind. 
In fact, that happens a lot to me in the morning. I'm trying to, I know it's three steps to the door. As soon as I turn the light off, because I don't want to wake Lisa up, as I come out of the um, bathroom thing there, forgot the name for it, but I shut the door, ensuite, that's the one, and uh, three steps. Okay, put this down, and then door, door. Sometimes I miss it, and there's a cabinet there that has her jewelry, and, and I... I try, the more that I try to be careful, the more that I'm so, I'm just, oh, please, please, just don't wake her up. Don't. I make so much noise. Lights are on with the neighbours, you know, ah, ah, step on this, all of that, all, all of that's happening. And then I've got to go back in the room because I've forgotten, sorry, a few things. So Jesus encounters a man who has been blind his entire life. And in typical fashion of that era, 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 <laughs> Error, my error. Uh, the disciples assume this condition is due to some specific sin. Hmm, what could it be? Hmm, maybe, you know, and they're all picking up, oh, yeah, pretty this, definitely that. The parents, oh, yeah, we've always thought they were a bit sus. You know, bad people coming into the city and all that kind of stuff. But God has a specific plan for this man. You know, when Jesus gets involved, things change. Nothing changes until something changes. It's been the same village. It's been the same donkeys going up and down the street. It's been the same guy selling the same bread for the last how many years? It's been the same community singing the same songs. Oh, so-and-so. The same jobs, working in the same field, building the same carts, selling the same old second-hand plows. All of this thing, it's just happening. It's happening. The same thing. Jesus comes to town. Isn't it interesting he comes to a blind man, walks past the seeing people, goes to the blind man who was born blind. John 9 verses 6 and 7 says this, When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Let's stop there for a sec. I love this story. I can't go past this part. This cracks me up. This man cannot see, but everyone else can. And Jesus <laughs> spits on the ground. Now, there's a certain sound. There's a certain, if it's an arid strike, might take a little while to get some spit. Might be <laughs> making sounds. I don't know. Now, the people that are seeing, they can see what's going over here. Now, the blind man's never seen, but he can hear, and he's going, what, what would make... Oh, oh, wait, donkeys, camels, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. He doesn't know what's going on. He's unaware. And then there's the other sound, something in the ground. It's dust. It's pretty dust because these roads have been you know, travelled on so much. Dirt becomes dust. It's very fine. Just a little bit. And so Jesus is showing, he's doing something because people are watching. This is so people can see when an amazing miracle happens that there was nothing up Jesus' sleeve. There was no charm. There was no cantation. There was no specific method. He just spat on the dirt, you know, and here we go. He's made this little paste. Everyone else can see. And you can imagine the looks on people's faces. Maybe they're, oh, gee. What about just or speak, or clap your hands, or yell out, come forth, What all of this stuff. Imagine the crowd. I wonder what they're doing. They're watching. 
they're pretty looking at this as Jesus' hands get closer to this blind. And blind man's pretty still trying to work out. Hang on. I heard a lot of people before. Now it's silent. It's gone. It's not crickets chirping or anything like that, but it's gone silent. But Jesus anoints this man's eyes with clay because after he'd added the spit to the dust, it had become clay. Then Jesus says to him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. Here's, a, here's a, an instruction. He's done this. Yeah, put on some eye thing. Now he says, go and wash. Well, of course you're going to. Everyone's going, yeah, wash that out, far out. <laughs> I remember what, I was on a bus and I was about seven years old. A bit old to be on a bus with your mum. And I'm sure I had Milo or something. And I don't know, some people might remember this. Might Out comes the tissue. Hold, your, hold still. No, no, no. You wash this off. Do you know what I mean? Like, like far out. I still wake up at night sometimes with that. <laughs> Tissues. That's why I don't like tissues, I like handkerchiefs. Yes, I know, it's like carrying around your show and tell for, you know. But at the same time, I think that tissues, they, for me, it's an emotional thing. Um, so what I'm saying here, and what God is saying, he's giving a challenge for the blind man to go and wash. Now, once again, he doesn't, okay, where am I? Where does he go? He just walks off? No, he has to be led. He, some people are getting around. They'll think, wow, what's going to happen next? So he's got to go. So he makes this journey. He goes and washes. When Jesus does something or gives us an instruction, the thing for us is obedience. The thing for us is, you know what? I don't really know how this is going to work. I spat in the dirt, rubbed it in my eyes. Now I go and wash. Well, I'm, caught, I'm going to wash, but I, I'll just do what he said. But he did it because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Isn't it funny? This man was blind, and yet he had faith in him who he didn't see with his flesh eyes, but he was obedient, and we're going to get to the good part. And he went, but the classic here, the beautiful part is, so he went and washed and came back seeing. Came back seeing. Who would have thought? You don't see these remedies, do you? You don't see these remedies on those info commercials that go for 20 minutes and then, you know, here's the special offer, here's the jar of dirt, you know, you know, it's, it's a once-in-a-lifetime once offer. They have all these potions, all these chants they want to sell you, all this kind of stuff, all the certificates of authenticity, all of that to say it's real, this is the real cure. Then they have the testimonies of, I tried that, while well, they're reading the card, uh, I guarantee it, and I bought three of them. You go, that's right, of course he did, you know. And... Um, Help change my life. I never look back. Yeah, I bet that's right. Yeah. So you see all of this happening and taking place, but Jesus gets involved in this man's life. Things change. I want Jesus to be involved in my life, and that's for sure. And I want Jesus to be involved in your life, and that's doubly for sure. And I want the Lord Jesus to touch your life, to bring healing if you need healing, to bring a destiny which he has hold on for you, ready to give to you. He has a future and a hope that is for you this morning. He is Jesus. He is our healer. And this is the moment that just catches my attention. He just does something out of the ordinary. Well, that's not in the textbook. You look in the first aid manual, that's not how you clean eyes. Oh, no. Come on, we've read splinters. You know, you do that, you're very careful. You do this. You don't 
dirt off the ground, in the eyeball, then wash it out. It doesn't, we don't do that, but Jesus did. I still see the looks on their faces. See the Pharisees turning their pages in the rule books to see if making mud pies on Sabbath is breaking another law. You know, oh my goodness, look what he's doing. And all eyes are on him, except for the blind man. He's just standing there, having had a conversation with Jesus and only hearing strange sounds and maybe murmuring in the crowd. (laughs) So Adam Clark, a Bible commentator, talks of this particular passage. And uh, one, pe- one piece I would like to bring out is that uh, at the time, he says that the Jews believed that there was some virtue in spittle to cure the diseases of the eye. Now, hold it right there. That doesn't mean if you know someone that has a bad eye that you don't spit in their eye, okay? We don't do that. This is, back then, this was a once-off miracle like this to prove a point. But then they always accompanied this with some charm, Our Lord, Lord Jesus, might make clay with the spittle to show that no charms or spells were used and to draw their attention more particularly to the miracle which he was about to work. Perhaps the best lesson that we could learn from this is that God will do his own work, his own way, and to hide pride from man will often accomplish the most beneficial ends by means not only simple or despicable in themselves, but by such also as appear entirely contrary. That was a lot. So the blind man doesn't just stand there with two mud pies on his eyes while the crowd looks on. As soon as his eyes have been anointed with clay, Jesus tells him to go. He does that. You know, that thing about the clay gets me, though, as well, because I'm sure I I read early on in the beginning of, of my Bible that God fashioned Adam out of the dust of the earth. Woo, hallelujah. And so now is there something missing in this blind man? Oh, his eyes. Did we get some dirt? You know, I'm not saying that Jesus made some eyeballs and put them in. I'm not saying that, right? But I say, isn't that interesting? Like the author and the finisher of our faith can go to the original ingredients. I know what ingredients are missing here. And you know what? It's not a chant. It's not some religious hullabaloo thing or whatever it is. It's a, this is God in action. He is creative. He is purposeful. He is on time. He is on target. Perfect. 2020 vision. He can give sight to the blind. No one else could do that. A miracle. Jesus is our healer. This has to go down in history as the very first first case of blind obedience. As the dear man begins to walk carefully in the direction of the pool that he's never seen with his own eyes, you can just imagine, you know, like, I know what it's like when you go to get into a pool the first time in summer and everyone's waiting, oh, why isn't everyone in? And then you go and touch the water and, oh, far out, that's cold. Oh, just jump in, you'll be all right. Now, we don't know how deep. You don't know how much water. You know, you just you don't know, but he gets there. As he obeys, he cannot see the destination, but each step is a step forward. There is no backward step. I find this interesting. When God gives you a direction, 
when Jesus tells you something, he doesn't say, I want you to go two steps forward and one step back. He has a destination for you and is a forward journey. It is a journey that you make each step as you get there and your faith builds. It is a journey. It is not a sprint. It is not a 100-meter race. It is not just something that is short over. It's something that we can process. This blind man in the past would have had to find himself around. There was the same wall that he would have leant upon. He would have been uh, uh, begging for, for different things, for money, for food, whatever was, was coming his way. He never would have seen who had given it to him. He would have heard voices and uh, known roughly what was going on. But Jesus is not happy for him to sit there in that state. And that's why, that's why God is so powerful. I love it. Jesus is our healer. The man went and washed, and he came back seeing. God has all the angles covered this morning. He leaves no stone left unturned. He knows what's under every stone. We were made from the dust of the earth. How poetic is it? How majestic is it the fact that Jesus uses the dirt and dust and spits in the ground to make clay? Everyone else, there's, there's nothing, there's no other uh, thing that they can attribute this healing to except him. His very hands, his very presence brought a change. It wasn't natural remedies. You know, this is what we do. We have scientific and medical response to medication when it comes to illness. We can also lean towards natural remedies. You know, uh, hot lemon drinks ooh, with other things, you know, that just, they, oh, that smells horrible. It's got to be good for you. Yeah, okay. All of these things. But we, hallelujah, but we most importantly have at our disposal the supernatural ointment of the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus to make us whole. He is our healer. He has always been our healer. He is your healer today. He is your healer tomorrow. He is your healer in the future. He is here to heal you, but not just to heal you, but to make you whole so that you can come into his presence, so that you can communicate with him, that you can have a relationship with him, that you can commune, you can get closer, you can talk, you can pour your heart out to him. He will listen. He will respond to you. When Jesus gets involved, things change. By his stripes, we are made whole. There is healing in the name of Jesus. John 9 verses 10 and 12 says, Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes opened? He answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and I received sight. Now, it's got one more verse here. They say, Then they said to him, Where is he? Hey, hang on a minute. He's just, hang on, hang on. I just told you what. I was this. And now I can see. And you want to know, Where is he? I, I don't know. He, I'm just, oh, wow, I've seen a brick wall for the first time. What a beautiful brick, what do you call it? brick wall? Wow, it's oh, a path. That's my footsteps. I could go back. That's where I came from. Wow, he's doing all of this. For the first time, he has sight and vision. Everything is brand new. When we come to Jesus, everything is brand new. When we come to Jesus, we're given brand new eyes. When we come to Jesus, we are seeing things from an eternal perspective. When we come to Jesus, we see through his eyes. 
And his eyes are filled with love. His eyes are filled with purpose. His eyes are filled with compassion and hope and redemption and restoration and health and longevity. He is there for you and for me, but not just for here and now, but for eternity, the kingdom of glory. And he doesn't want you to just be happy, healthy here. He wants you to be where he is. That's why he went to prepare a place for us. He came and defeated sin. 2,000 years ago, he went to Calvary's cross. He died on that cross. He shed his blood for you and me. And you know what? That's not where the story ends. It's not a full stop there. It's a comma because three days later, uh, after they put him in a tomb and they rolled a big stone, it was a bigger stone probably than what Lazarus had because they had guards around it. But all of a sudden, that stone is moved. And that person, that king of kings, rose from the dead three days later with the supernatural power, that very same power that gave sight to this blind man, the very same power, resurrection power. And with that very act, he purchased a bright future and a destiny for us, salvation. Jeremiah 29, 11, 12 says, For I know the thoughts that I have toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. God is very close. He is so close. He doesn't just listen to you, but he responds to you. So Jesus encounters a man who's been blind his entire life. In typical fashion, the disciples from that era assume that the condition is due to someone's specific sin. Jesus challenges this idea and heals the man. His restoration leads to interrogation. As the Pharisees try to discredit Jesus' miraculous work, the healed man's simple, straightforward perspective embarrasses the religious leaders. They excommunicate him in frustration. But this is the beautiful part of this story. Jesus is able to meet with the man a little bit later in this chapter, explaining more about his identity and the purpose of his ministry. So here we have it, a man born blind from birth, and only Jesus can restore his sight. There is a condition on planet Earth called sin, and we are born into it. And there is only one remedy for sin. And guess what? It comes from Jesus. The same God who restored a sight to this blind man, a creative miracle, a creative miracle, brings a creative miracle in newness of life, where there is repentance of sin. Because sin separates. God's not into the separation. He came to bring us back to bring us back so that we, like the blind man, can see him, can see him. We can commune with him. We can talk with him. Jesus this morning is our healer and our saviour and our Lord. Is he yours this morning? Is he yours? Do you know him? Because I want to tell you, my friends, He knows you. He has 
wonderfully made you, skillfully, with love, not to keep you on a shelf, to, to bring you into his presence. Is the Lord Jesus your Lord this morning? If not, here's your opportunity. Let's have every head bowed just for a short period of time, every eye closed. If you have never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour before, you don't know Jesus as your Lord or Saviour, and you want to, can I encourage you to do one thing? Just lift your hand this morning just to signify to me that, you know what, I, I don't, but I, I want to know Jesus. If that's you this morning, that you've never done that. I see that hand. Thank you. Maybe you once walked with him, but you have maybe stopped or drifted away for a while. But he's calling you back, and that's you this morning. Simply lift your hand and join these honest people this morning. Amen. I see that hand too. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. God is moving in this place. Maybe your heart is racing. It's not skipping a beat, but it's racing because this is life. The author of eternal life is reaching out to you. If you're here this morning and you want to know Jesus, you want to come back to him, lift your hand with these honest, precious souls this morning. Amen. Amen. I would we're going to pray for you for sure after the service, definitely. But what I would like us to all do right now is copy after me. I'm going to lead you in a sinner's prayer. And this is to bring us into a right relationship with God. Maybe you're unsure and you're a bit nervous about lifting your hand. Well, you know what? You can pray this. It still works. It means that you will choose Jesus. So follow after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you loved me. I thank you that you died for me on the cross of Calvary and that you rose from the dead. I'm asking you now to please forgive me of my sin and come into my life. Come into my heart of hearts and help me to live for you every day. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you've prayed that for the very first time, congratulations. It was such a beautiful decision to make. would love to meet with you after the service. We, we want to give you um, a Bible. We want to be with you and, and encourage you on your journey. It's a, a, the beginning of an amazing adventure. But you know what? There, there's just something else. And it's been playing on my heart this, leading up this week is that, you know what? We can't just talk about Jesus being our healer and then not let him heal someone. We can't just talk about it and then sit back and go, that was a great story. This morning, I believe that God wants to touch you this morning. And these altars are going to be open. I want to encourage you, if you have pain in your back, if you have a, a, an illness that requires prayer, but as you step out of your seat and come to the altar, that is a step of faith.
And God is pleased with faith because it means there is an expectation of receiving something. God doesn't say, here it is and don't give it. Come to the front this morning. Let's stand this morning, but I want you to come to the front. If you require healing and prayer, and we would count it a privilege to pray with you this morning.